You are now listening to the Soul and Wonder Podcast, Episode 9, Love Being Alive. Welcome to the Soul and Wonder Podcast, where the conduits of the body, depths of the mind, and atlas of the soul are explored with devotion. Through cultural exchange, Christopher and Sarah and their guests will deliver sacred wisdom from around the globe, uncovering the hidden gems of conscious living and holistic healing, all to empower you on your journey of self-discovery. And now, here are your hosts, Christopher and Sarah. Welcome back to the Soul and Wonder podcast. Christopher and Sarah here, like usual. Hello, everybody. And in this episode, which happens to be one of my favorites, but I think I'll probably say that on every episode, (laughs) but for real, this one is one of my favorites, where we have interviewed two lovely friends of ours, Joshua Zimmerman and Jacob Metzger. They are two best friends who love being alive, and because of that, they have created a book, or in the process of creating a book, called Love Being Alive, where they use six stages to help guide you on your quest for happiness. And if there's any book in the world that you could ever purchase to help you with this, trust me, it's this one. They are the two happiest people I think we've ever met in our entire lives. Yeah, and just to note that the book is still in... um, You know, they're still working on the book, so it's going to be a little while before it comes out. But be ready for it because it's going to hit the shelves and it's going to be a a really big seller, I think. We're also um, happy to introduce them to you now before their book because you can follow them on Instagram. They always have very inspirational posts. Um, They pose a lot of spiritual questions and situations and um, they evoke a lot of thought on your part. So I highly recommend following them on their social media, which we will have in our show notes. So yes, wonderful interview, beautiful people inside and out. They will help transform your life if you're ready to receive. What do you say, Chris? Should we play the interview? Let the tapes roll. And we are back. We're back. So today I have, we have, two very special guests that are dear to our heart. And just to give you a little bit uh, of a bio, uh, background about these two gentlemen, I actually uh, worked with Josh for a little while in Buffalo, and where I'm from, and we worked at a health food store, which was delightful. And Jacob, which is Josh's best friend, are, is also a very amazing special soul. And right now, Jake and Josh are writing a book and a program that will teach you how to love being alive in six simple stages. Very intriguing. So, welcome, gentlemen. How's it going, Chris? We're so happy to have you guys here, and I'm sure our listeners are just as excited to hear what you guys have to say about the book that you're working on. But before we get to that, how about you two kind of introduce yourselves a little bit and just kind of give our listeners a little bit of a background on who you are as people. Well, Jake, why don't you go first? My name is Jacob Metzger. And it is quite surreal that my life has come to this moment in time that I am on a podcast with two wonderful human beings, and this is my life. It is quite breathtaking that everything that has happened in my life has led me to this moment, and it is just so... Life is just so filled with wonder, and I never could have expected that this could be happening. Well, we're happy to have you. <laughs> so happy to be here. <laughs> but uh, I'm from Buffalo. Josh and I both are. Grew up working construction and knew that wasn't for me, so I left to Indonesia pretty much and got my yoga teacher training and came back and Josh and I knew that this was our calling 
man, what a cool experience. You guys want to touch on that a little bit about about the yoga training that you were Did in? Did you both go or was it just you, Jake? Well, I went to, it, Josh uh, speaking, uh, I went to India. Uh, so it was in the same month that Jake went to Indonesia. Uh, we both went for our yoga teacher training. So it was, yeah, that was a, that was a turning point for sure. It was like the clicking point. It was all kind of moving parts before and there were the ideas to, you know, there was a purpose and we weren't exactly sure how to share it. We knew in our heart that there was something big and we wanted to share it. And we wanted people to love being alive, as we found. And ever since, it's been getting deeper and deeper since we got back from our respective foreign countries. Out of curiosity, what was that moment that kind of kicked you both in the ass to say, okay, I'm done doing what I'm doing. I'm going to go to Indonesia and I'm going to go to India. What, what was it that made you two decide to do that exactly? Was there like an aha moment? For me, for sure, yeah. But I want to hear Jake's first. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's hard to trace back the root of, like, why. There was... There were so many insecurities and doubts of my future and the direction of my life that I just was sick of letting fear take over my life. Fear of leaving my father's business. Fear of going outside my comfort zone and going to a foreign country by myself, fear of so many different things. And I just didn't want it to control my life anymore. Mm. And little by little, as I stopped letting the stories plague my mind with, with doubt and following my heart's intuition, everything became easier. <laughs> yeah, that's that, that's uh, <laughs> no, that's fantastic. And you know, it's funny because that's a pretty much a common theme amongst people that are, um, you know, wanting to follow their heart, but that fear generally holds them back, or that. Um, you know, maybe they don't have enough money or something like that. But uh, I'm glad you touched on the fear uh, aspect of it because I think fear of the unknown is probably one of the biggest fears out there in regards to actually following through and following uh, your truth and aligning with your purpose. Mm, I agree. Yeah. Well said. What about you, Josh? What was your aha moment to get to to get overseas? It was a it was, <laughs> looking back, it was almost like you could, I do things in musical analogy, so it was like a crescendo, almost, like things were just <laughs> like building in my life all the way up to that moment, and it was, I worked in the fitness industry for a very long time, since I was 17, give or take a year or two, and I was a personal trainer, worked at like a uh, a big uh, gym, big name gym, and then I was going to school for business management all along the way, which I didn't know why. It was just all these questions, like, I was just doing things, but didn't really understand why, and there was a lot of ego involved with uh, why I was in the fitness industry, and it came to the point where I was working at a gym at that my former boss had opened and asked me to be a part of. And I was looking at the quotes on the walls. We had just ordered new quotes and we were putting them up. And there was this one quote. I don't know exactly what it said, but I know the sentiment was, you're not good enough. Like, Continue to train harder. Show up every day because you're not good enough. Mm. And I remember looking at that and just... I was dabbling into different movement like methods and things like that and just kind of expanding my awareness into new ways of being and I remember looking at that and going no way that is not me at <laughs> all I would never tell anybody that and since then I just started looking up places to get my yoga teacher training because <laughs> I just thought, I didn't know that that was for sure what I wanted to do. But I knew for a fact that I didn't want to do what I was doing anymore. That's so, a really good point. Yeah. 
and and it, I was fortunate because I got a um, a scholarship, and I just applied, and it was kind of a cool step. It was like, ah, well, if I get this scholarship, then I'll then I'll address maybe doing this thing, and I kind of didn't think I was going to get it. Got the scholarship to go overseas and get my training, and from there, it was like, oh crap, I guess I guess I'm in. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and that was it, you know. Ever since, it's been a wild ride of deepening and, and more and more love. So it's really uh, funny you say that because I had a similar experience, you know, uh, working while well, I was working in the corporate world. And, you know, I decided that one day I was going to put in an application for the Peace Corps. And I know a lot of our listeners heard this story, but, you know, I decided to put in an application and, you know, I kind of let it go by the wayside, see what happens. And uh, a year later, I get accepted. So, uh, you know what? I guess this is uh guess this is happening. <laughs> <laughs> and uh since then, you know, everything has just uh blossomed in uh in my life and obviously meeting Sarah in Africa where I wouldn't if I wouldn't have gone there, we wouldn't uh have met. So it's it's pretty amazing how life works out like that. And I I can definitely relate to the aspect of not knowing what you wanted to do or where you needed to be, but just knowing that you needed to get out of where you were or stop doing what you're doing you know like same thing for me when I applied for the Peace Corps I had no clue why I was doing it except for that I knew I wanted to travel but I didn't know what was coming next I just knew that I could no longer stay where I was doing what I was doing it was empty it wasn't spiritually fulfilling and so I was chasing after something that I had no clue what it was but I feel that I found it and it's beautiful so I love you bringing up that point yeah, I, I'm glad you said that. It it feels like it feels like we are on a similar journey. <laughs> and I really appreciate it. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So now fast forward a little bit. I want you to if you can tell us a little bit about the book and the program that you're currently working on cuz I'm uh, I'm eager to hear about this and I know a lot of people are too. So Yeah, absolutely. Um well, as you said, there's it's a, it's a book and a program. So it's a lot of active involvement from the uh participant from the person who chooses to buy the book, they're going to be actively involved in the process. It won't be just putting knowledge within the mind. Mm-hmm. It's to be a an action-oriented book where you, you'll be expected to do things that will change you, not just read and learn things, but to actually apply and act upon them. And that's essentially what the whole book is based around, is action. Um, everything that we write is motivating the participant to act. Um, You mentioned in the beginning about the six stages, and I'm going to let Jake introduce the uh, first stage, and then we'll just kind of flip-flop back and forth and kind of give a little detail on each stage. And if you have any questions along the way, stop us and and then get deeper. Definitely. So why... We, we know this, why Love Being Alive is so revolutionary is almost every fitness or health, diet, etc. program only covers one part of the human. And if you look at the human like an onion, there's the emotional side to a human, a mental side to the human, a intuitive side, a, a physical side. There's many different layers to what makes up a human being. And that's what these six stages are all about. The first stage is is creating a vision for yourself. It's creating the future and the moments that you want to be in, that you want to see yourself as. And it's about writing a three-year vision, a one-year vision, and then not just writing those things, but acting upon them. And step-by-step action plans to see fruition in those visions. Great. So that's kind of like, um, in a sense, maybe um, setting up some sort of manifestation for future uh, goals and missions for yourself. 
not only manifestation, but action on top of the manifestation. I like that. Absolutely. Yeah, we believe that, um, and especially in the spiritual community, man, manifesting is like a really like hot ticket word. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, we're manifesting, and oh, I can't wait for this new year of 2017 because I'll be manifesting. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes. Um, the distinction, though, is that it does take action in order to manifest. It just Absolutely. it doesn't just happen. You know, it's. And I think <laughs> with you guys having an awesome podcast and all the things you've got going on, you understand that it doesn't just happen. It definitely takes some effort and mm-hmm. some action behind it. So, 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, the next stage is called the purge. And basically what that is, um, it's, it's cool that you guys are doing a juice cleanse right now um, <laughs> because that's a lot of what this stage is about. It's a body detox. So it'll have just fruits and vegetables as like a blended drink for three days. And just resetting the body. Um, this is geared towards, uh, you know, the average person who may have never even had, you know, a smoothie in their life before. So this is going to be three three smoothies a day for three days, and just getting rid of all of the stuff that's blocking them in their physical body from nutrition. Um, and along with that, they'll also be purging their material goods. So they'll be looking through different rooms in their house and in their car and in their office and purging the excess. And that will allow them to see more clearly and see the things that they love and the way that they want to proceed in their life with love instead of hanging on to old things that no longer bring them love. Mm. That's great. And, you know, the purge is so um, crucial to the process of transformation because, you know, it's especially when we're talking about physical purging as far as, you know, incorporating more fruits and vegetables like that. Those are not only helping the body, but they're helping the mind. They're helping the soul. They're helping you blossom into a new individual and getting rid of all the toxic overload that has been stored in you for so long. So I think that's very appropriate to, to incorporate that. Oh, and definitely in the material aspect, you know, in our culture, we are told every single day, many times a day to keep buying, keep consuming, buy more, consume more, get the next best thing when it comes out. And we end up finding ourselves, you know, (laughs) drowning in our material belongings and half the stuff goes unused probably say that's generous too probably more than half of that goes unused and forgotten so the material purge is i can see how that would definitely relate to mental clarity and freedom so to speak and it also relates to the the emotions behind why you desire so many material possessions mm. and it, to what insecurities are behind that lust to have and acquire more things like why do I need more and it just again enlists the whole human not just one aspect of the human you could even go into the psychology behind it too like why are you keeping a certain item are you keeping this item that you don't use that you don't even have you know any purpose for are you keeping it because it is attached to a memory of I don't know an ex-boyfriend or girlfriend or you know are you holding on to it for fear of letting it go and so that that could definitely help people purge psychologically as well I'm glad you said that too that is exactly the purpose is it's it's awareness building as well as we keep anything there's a reason whether it's conscious or unconscious, and having people evaluate the things that they have and the reasons behind why they have them. And, and that's an active focus in the book is why, where's the void? Or what is the purpose behind keeping this? And so they will be forced to evaluate sort of why they're doing what they're doing, which is one of the biggest awareness building practices I think you do. <laughs> Absolutely. Eating to 
feel alive is the third stage of love being alive. And eating to feel alive is a very personal chapter for the both of us. And just because I'm speaking, it is especially personable for me. Actually, just just a month or two ago, we started little by little almost rewriting the whole thing when we already had over probably 100 pages of material with the Eating to Feel Alive chapter. And the reason it is so personal is because we both have went through a bad binge eating habit. We covered our um, insecurities and emotions with a lot of binge eating, you know, instead of alcohol or drugs, we turned to eating a lot of food. So it was a very wonderful and releasing stage to write about. But all in all, it is about um, finding a diet that works for your body because it is, it's ego when somebody says that a raw vegan diet works for everybody or that people, some people shouldn't eat meat or shouldn't do this. And while that may be great for your body, it may not be good for other bodies. So eating to feel alive is all about knowing the common thing that vegetables and fruits are. Nobody will tell you that vegetables and fruits aren't good for you. <laughs> That's the basis of the diet. But then it's letting the human choose for themselves what kind of structure works for them. That makes a lot of sense. And with awareness, too. And um, it's, it's a firm belief that when people are allowed to choose for themselves, they choose the right thing. And so as they're given options to choose, because as Jake said, there's no one way of being. As they're given these ways to choose, they'll choose the right way for them. And, uh, and ultimately, the goal of the book is to create harmony within the person and then allow that to exude within the entire planet and the universe. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite the goal. <laughs> That's quite the goal you've got there. I think it's feasible. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Wow, your belief, your belief uh, helps my belief as well. <laughs> So what did, what's the next stage? Well, so the eating to feel alive stage, which was the last one we talked about, was all about the physical body and harmonizing that, um, that food is physical. And as a result, like Chris had said earlier, absolutely, the mental and emotional bodies get clear. Um, but it starts with the physical. Uh, the next stage is movement, which is... Once again, physical, but the thing about love being alive is we've tailored that physical movement into training your virtues. So when you train your physical body, you're also training your virtues. And what I mean by that is there's eight virtues in which we've given, um, some of which include strength, flexibility, endurance, control. And these things can't or aren't just trained in the physical body, but when you train them in the physical body, you're also training them in the whole person. So if you're gaining flexibility in your physical body, you're gaining flexibility in your mind and your emotional body as well. So it the focus is on where do you need to grow as a person to be more whole, to be more full of integrity. And once that person evaluates themselves on an emotional level, on a mental level, they'll be able to more clearly assess what physical challenges they'll have to go through in order to make themselves more integrated. So that's the next stage is the movement chapter, and we provide some options for exercise for them there. Um, but really keying them into what places and what um, areas in which they need improvement for themselves to feel whole. That's awesome. <laughs> That's great. 
You said that very well. <laughs> <laughs> it felt good coming out of my mouth. It always feels like talking about love being alive is just the most inspiring it's thing. So joyous. <laughs> <laughs> the open throat chakra. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Hey, just wanted to mention this. Um, you guys are amazing. Just needed to say that. It's been on my tongue. For like 10 minutes now <laughs> well thank you i will take that compliment <laughs> we'll always take that compliment we appreciate that very much <laughs> the next stage in love being alive is slowing down and slowing down is all about breath work and the linkage between your breath and your body which is why we've done it after the movement chapter and the breath work involves pranayama, yogic breathing techniques um, from beginner to advanced. And then chapter two in slowing down is, is meditation. And as you can imagine, it is your perspective of life and your own being and others that influences if your life is filled with sadness or with bliss and love and it's just like everything else all action-based it's all all about learning to stay meditation in at least how love being alive teaches it is learning to stay with whatever you are experiencing in the meditation with the, whatever you are experiencing in life it's the natural tendency for humans to run from discomfort. Mm -hmm. Meditation teaches us to stay, to stay with our feelings, to stay with our experiences, to stay with uncomfortability. And that teaches us to go into life much more fearless. That's so important, so important, especially in this culture today, I think. Absolutely. Now, there, I have a question in regards to your meditation. So are you going to be teaching certain techniques that um, have worked for you guys? Or is it um, how is that going to be laid out in the book? We have... We've tried a lot of techniques. <laughs> and it's come to the final technique i suppose which is no technique yeah <laughs> people mistake meditation as needing to do something like yeah yep they, they look for all these techniques like how do i meditate oh i'm thinking too much i shouldn't be thinking and meditation is the opposite of that meditation mm -hmm. is just watching your experience for no matter what it is and Pretty much the theme in all meditations is to stay with your experience and not have any resistance towards that specific experience. So if I go into meditation and I'm sad and I, I'm lonely or depressed, whatever, it's not trying to fight the loneliness or depression or insecurity. It's just feeling it. It's feeling it and not running from it. And that's all meditation is. It is the simplest thing anybody could ever do and the most profound it sure is watching yourself mm -hmm. and i know that we um as humans tend to complicate not only meditation but a lot of processes that can be simplified and made a lot easier <laughs> oh yeah i'm really glad you elaborated on that because i feel like a lot of our listeners um you know we have people who listen that are already on board and then we have people who are curious to know more and there's that fear that comes in again with meditation or that self-doubt that comes in and so i'm glad you elaborated a bit more on you know how simple it really is and how you don't have to fight yourself it's not it shouldn't be a struggle it should literally just be existing with yourself which is <laughs> Possibly the easiest thing we could ever do <laughs> as human beings. Delightful, right? It's delightful just to be in your own presence and mm -hmm. just allow yourself to feel whatever the hell you are feeling. And I think a lot of it may be some people don't like themselves just yet. And some people don't like, you know, the things that have made them feel the way they do. And so that fear arises once again because they have to sit with themselves and they don't like what they see. But what they don't realize is that that's the first step 
of being able to transform into their full being, you know, being able to shed those layers that don't actually define them, but they think define them. And so, yeah, I, I really hope more people after this episode, you know, kind of seek out being with themselves a lot more. I'm glad you said that too, Sarah. Um, because especially for any listeners that are tuned in now, I want you to know that if you're struggling with meditation, that's also okay. Mm-hmm. And however you feel about anything is okay. And the real focus is just on feeling it. Um, but that also doesn't mean that there shouldn't be action applied to... If, if you feel something in meditation, it's, it's a gift. And it's guiding you somewhere. So listening, listening and feeling what you're supposed to feel and then what needs to happen will happen. Absolutely. Uh, so the sixth and last stage, oh yeah, yeah, actually a, a chapter within this stage of slowing down is communication as well, learning how to properly communicate. Um, that goes for communicating with other humans and communicating with the nature around you. Um, basically, just how your involvement in another thing um, is important. Uh, communicating, giving methods to honestly communicate your truth with other people is another aspect of slowing down. We realize that um, when we go too fast, we miss we can miss the truth. It can be glazed over. And uh, that's one of the techniques of slowing down is, or I guess a result, not just a technique. It's better communication. So we also touch on that within the slowing down chapter. Great. Mm -hmm. Uh, Anything you want to add, Jake, to that? Just that 99% of human conflict where there's an issue is a result of miscommunication. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and so it just goes into seeing others' perspectives, listening twice as much as you speak, and just takes you through an actionable plan of how to become a better communicator with others and with um, yourself. I'm sure a lot of people will appreciate that. Mm. Yeah. yeah, especially because, you know, nowadays... It seems to be a big thing that um, anxiety amongst our, like the youth and this newer generation has, has come to the surface. Yeah. And I personally believe that that's a lack of communication. Um, a lack of communication with self, as Jake was saying. Understanding how you're communicating and talking to yourself, the self-talk. And then how that translates into talking with other people, truthfully or not. Mm-hmm. So... I definitely agree with that one, for sure. And it's not to undermine the, you know, anxiety and the effects that it has on the person, but, you know, to look at the source is much more important than treating the symptoms. And, you know, I think a lot of the anxiety is caused, too, by going against your own truth and not realizing that. You know, you don't, you're not necessarily, you don't necessarily have clarity on your purpose or your life path and you're going against the grain for of yourself and if you're unaware of that that's going to cause a lot of anxiety if you're aware of it at least you have that awareness and that beginning that chance to start anew but you know a lot of the people suffering from anxiety besides chemical you know imbalances i feel like that's a lot of that's a huge contributing factor as well as the communication issues and i don't want to blame one thing or another but um a lot of times you know looking at from just a grand perspective is that we don't generally have a society that's set up um, for people to often harness their creativity or harness themselves and really find their truth. Um, It's a very busy um, society. And, um, you know, with that being said, with that busyness, uh, you know, we're always running around and doing so many things at once. So learning to slow down, learning to communicate, these are all um, very important steps, I believe, in finding your truth and finding yourself. You guys are on the right path. 
<laughs> it means a lot coming from you guys. <laughs> yes. Um, well said. Everything. You guys, it's just so nice to be having a chat with people who are, you know, like-minded. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very encouraging. Um, and I'm excited for the listeners to enjoy this conversation as well. I believe they will. <laughs> we miss you guys. <laughs> we have one more stage to go through. <laughs> Stay on this. Um, so daily routines is the last stage. Um, and it, essentially, it's just going to be bringing it all together. So all the things that we've learned through the first five stages, creating the vision, going through the purge, eating in a more natural way, moving and slowing down, all those things, putting them into a daily structure. So they're more it's more of a practice than anything else um, to ensure that there's always a deeper growth. There's always, you know, that healthy structure that isn't constricting, but is also it's it's there to liberate, not to constrict. Mm-hmm. So so all these things basically making it uh, a lifestyle change is the last stage and giving people techniques and in sh- giving them worksheets and how to build their own schedule that works for them. Um, and that also goes into getting synced up with uh, nature's rhythms. And I'll let Jake talk a little bit about that. Can that be uh, like hogging trees? <laughs> Yeah, of course. <laughs> That's one of the best ways for me to get synced up with nature's rhythms. That's for sure. <laughs> I usually climb them though, and in the process, there's a lot of hugging, so I don't fall down. But yeah. <laughs> so we get this this these words, nature's rhythms, um, from Ayurveda, and it's pretty much getting in in sync with the way nature rolls. <laughs> and when we're out of sync with, with nature, that is when we become unbalanced. And so, for example, like the hours between 6 a.m. and 10 a.m. are the best hours to wake up and fill your body and gorge your body with oxygen through movement and through breathing and meditation. And it's also the best time to poop. Pooping <laughs> in the morning is excellent and it's a great thing for your delightful. It's my favorite time. <laughs> yeah, it's, yes. it's the best time to do it. <laughs> and so it just goes into um, like cleansing with water and lemon in the morning before you do anything and just goes and kind of breaks down the hours of the day that are the best times to do things according to nature, to be living in harmony with how nature handles things because mother nature is the best <laughs> and she knows all mother knows best yeah, she sure does we were taught that from our uh you know obviously knowing this previously but we were taught that uh pretty well during our ayahuasca ceremony so oh, yes mother does know best mother knows best <laughs> wow so yeah. jealous of that. what was the how did you come to that conclusion um it, it was sort of like uh coming to that point of relinquishing control of thought to allow anything to come to mind. I mean, it was also different for each of us, so I can't say that this is necessarily what Chris experienced with that. But um, realizing that mother, though, at the same time, is not separate than myself and giving that um, confidence back to myself to realize that, yes, mother knows best, but mother also birthed me, and I am part of mother. I am going to one day be a mother as well. So it's a very feminine empowerment right there with that ayahuasca experience, um, just trusting that all things were as they needed to be and will continue to be so, um, and knowing that I'm always, I'm always right in the sense of I'm always right exactly where I need to be and knowing what's coming is happening for that reason of spiritual development personal development if that makes sense but um yes ayahuasca especially that that spirit mother knows exactly what you need at that moment to heal Mm -hmm. yeah I felt um I felt very small I felt uh 
not small in that I was not less important than the person next to me or, you know, across the world, you know, but small in the sense that it humbles you and it brings you down to this, this bare bone level of consciousness, but yet you still feel a part of the collective whole, if that makes sense. It's a paradox. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> as everything is. <laughs> you explained that so beautifully. Yes. Wow, so clear and concise. Man, your Both listeners are going to learn so much from you guys. They'll learn so much from their guests as well, which is why we love doing this. I, we'll probably do this for the rest of our lives, regardless of our fan base. <laughs> we could have 100 Just for listeners. <laughs> you know, we could have 100 listeners 50 years from now and still be doing podcasts. Because you guys are awesome. Because you're the truth. <laughs> you guys are the truth. So this book, um, what, when do you guys think that it'll be, do you have like a goal set for when you want it to be finished, wrapped up and available for people to purchase or? Yeah, yeah. So right now our timeline is to have the rough draft done by April. Um, nice. So that it's, it's coming up soon and we're, we're making really good progress and it really looks like we'll be able to hit that goal. From there, there's more steps. There's publishing. There's um, oh yeah. Are you going to self-publish, or are you going to uh, try to um, get a publisher? We are looking into both options right now. Whichever ends up being, you know, most aligned with what we're looking for is what we'll end up doing. Um, so I, I guess we have a little bit more research to do in that area. Um, but it'd be nice to chat with you guys about that to get your experience. Yeah, for sure. And um, uh, do you guys have any uh, way that people can reach out to you and um, get a hold of you if they have more questions about the book or any other questions about uh, spiritual development? You know, whatever, whatever floats their boat. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Right now, I think the best way to connect is social media. Um, that way that they can stay in touch with when the book is going to be released and like if they have any questions there's always that handy messaging feature on both Facebook and Instagram and we're on it enough where we're always answering people who ask questions to us so um, we can I don't know if it's possible to put our Instagrams or Facebooks in a link in this whole situation I'm not yeah, exactly we'll, we'll connect you for sure we'll set you up yeah we'll and have it in our summary summary notes show notes for our listeners Nice. Yeah, we also have a website. Um, it's not developed yet, and our purpose of um, getting the domain name is, um, which is we love being alive com, is to link the book to the website. So use the website as a bigger and broader version um, of the book. Fantastic. Is that you said that website is not up yet? It's not up yet. Okay. We are currently in the process of making that and finishing up the, the final final stages of the book great well i think um let's get let's get uh let's give our listeners something to take away from this interview um this is a question that i'm curious to see how you all answer but if you mm -hmm. could give one piece of advice to those searching for their truth what would it be don't be afraid to be yourself hmm don't be afraid to be yourself. Very bringing it back to simplicity. Absolutely. And follow the things that make you uncomfortable. And specifically speaking, um, meditation. When something, when you perceive yourself in life differently. That is when every door begins to open. If you want more happiness, the happiness door opens. The happiness door. I like the <laughs> happiness door. <laughs> That's the truth. It's, as soon as your perception of yourself and others changes, everything in your life begins to change. And mm -hmm. that all starts with just learning to stay with whatever you're experiencing. And 
it's hard to really tell somebody that meditation is the cure to all disease. But it really is the truth. Fantastic. I like that. Anything else you guys like to add before we uh, let you go? Um, well, I think that if, uh, for the listeners, if anybody has any questions about anything, obviously, please, please reach out. Um, there's nothing more that Jake and I love than to have honest conversations with people. Um, and that's what we're on this earth to do, ultimately, is to to share those really intimate conversations. So we're available for anybody who is willing to have a conversation about anything. So um, that link to our social media, please use it and chat with us if you'd like. Uh, we're here. I would highly recommend for the listeners to follow that advice. They're <laughs> wonderful people to engage with. And... Um, I miss I miss uh, being in your company. I only got to experience that one time at your house there with the whole group of people, and that was such a healing night for everyone. That was such a wonderful experience. So I hope one day very soon we can cross paths again and um, share that sacred space again. Let's not hope. Let's just do it. <laughs> that even better. <laughs> I'm into that. Hey, anytime you guys want to come to Vermont, there's good skiing out here. Ooh. Great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, you guys have a lovely day, and as I know you both will. Thank you so much for coming on to our show. Oh, my gosh. Our pleasure. Thank you for having us. Thanks for being so real, guys. You guys are really incredible and inspiring people. Well, we, blessing to know. we appreciate that, and uh, we will talk soon for sure. All right, guys. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Take care. And now for the juicy health tip of the episode. I see what you did there. <laughs> Play on words, because the health tip of this episode is on juice fasting. Yes, we are actually on one right now. Um, Second day in. It's a three-day juice fast. We're uh, just a quick little reset button. Yeah, we've. This is our fourth one now, and I think we're really finally getting the groove of it. I feel really good. Um, oh yeah, the first time we ever did a juice fast, it was awful because we had no idea what we were doing. We had no guidance whatsoever, and we ended up using a blender instead of a juicer. So it was a smoothie fast, not a juice fast. Well, and there's really no such thing as a smoothie fast because no. the point of a fast is to give your digestive system a break. Water fasting, juice fasting. And I know a lot of people out there right now might be thinking, oh, no, you can't go without food. You can actually go without food for like 40 days, but that's not the point. The point is that sometimes you have to give your digestive system a break because 50% of your energy expenditure is actually allocated to your digestive system after eating. So if you have any kind of sickness, if you uh, are feeling low energy or any kind of problems, you're spending too much energy on digestion, not enough on healing your body. So what a fast does, whether it's juice or water, in this case we're talking about juice fasting, it gives your it separates the fiber from all of the nutrients, the vitamins, the minerals, the water, everything. It separates the fiber from the liquid of the vegetables and fruit, and it allows your digestive tract a complete break. So it doesn't have to digest anything. All you do is absorb all of the nutrients, which is great. Um, it's only, of course, it's recommended to talk to your physician before doing any kind of cleanse. But uh, we found that with us, we like to do a fast multiple times a year. Four times a year is probably a good time, a good amount of time to do it. Um, we've done three days. We've done five days. Um, maybe someday we'll do a 10-day. But uh, to be honest with you, the five days is actually my favorite. By the end of the third day, you're kind of feeling detox symptoms. But that fourth day gives you clarity and energy and you're ready to take on the world and the fifth day you feel great but you do miss food a little bit <laughs> so that can be the challenge yeah for sure and that and that kind of brings us to the next point here is that we are actually very excited to announce that we are going to be releasing a juicing on a budget 
uh, ebook for you. Very soon, within next couple weeks, I would say. Well, actually, by the time this podcast is posted, it might already be out. There you go. Um, so look for that in February, the beginning of February. Uh, we one of the things that kind of deters people from fasting with fruits and vegetables is money. It's not that produce is expensive. In fact, produce is going to be your cheaper part of the receipt. It's the fact that you need a lot of vegetables and fruit to create enough juice to keep you full and satisfied all day long and to provide everything that you need without the whole food. So it can be pricey. We've spent a lot of money on juice fasting. But this time around, Christopher made his own juices inspired by other juices, but he tweaked things to our own preference, like more lemon or more ginger, um, particularly because we're both dealing with inflammatory issues right now. So we're trying to calm those down. Um, but all of these juices... How, what was the total of our bill after buying everything? So after everything, it was about $72. That was for both people. So I would say to, um, if you wanted to do this, you'd put aside about $35 to $42, $43 per person, which is very cheap. So um, a lot of people that um, do juice cleanses or juice fasts, um, they tend to buy pre-made store-bought juices, maybe because they don't have a juicer or something like that. However, those store-made juices, number one, have lost a lot of nutrients by the time it's been sitting on the shelf for so long and number two they're generally about ten dollars a juice and in these fasts you're drinking five to six juices per day so add that up fifty to sixty dollars for one day of juicing so with for ours one person for too. one person with ours, you can actually buy one of the um, budget juicers, which are still great, and we've listed those on our um, in our book that you can actually click on the link and buy one yourself. So for the price of those fasts versus ours, you can do the three-day juice fast and get a juicer for the same price or even cheaper. Yeah, so you won't be breaking the bank, which is really nice because right now... <laughs> We needed that. Uh, so we're bringing that knowledge to you soon. Um, and we have another ebook coming, but we're going to save that surprise for another episode. Yeah, there's some good good stuff coming up. Means you're going to have to keep listening. And I think that will be it then. Next time. We have an uh, interview coming up. We have a few interviews coming up. Um, we do have one uh, this week with a gentleman out of Hawaii that runs his own Kava Kava company. And if you don't know what Kava Kava is, you're also going to have to wait to hear about it. But short story, it's Mother Nature's Medicine. So I think that's about it. Thanks for sticking with us and uh, we'll see you next week. Later. Later.